This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast, dear listener. I think this is episode 103 or something like that. So if you've been listening since the beginning, I am impressed and just so grateful for that. Right, guys? Yeah, that's that's so amazing. Uh, 103 is, I feel like, a good number. Like, I was, it makes me think of Psalm 103. Song for that, yeah, yeah, Psalm 103. What if, I just had this idea, what if we had, like, a, a new psalm for every po- every podcast? Like, I love that. And, just, and then once we get to however many there are, then we just, like, restart back A couple one. of them might get weird, but we'll still do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, anyways, uh, today is Sean and Dan, as usual. And today we have a first-time guest, actually, on the Behold podcast. Let me, let me introduce him. Let me introduce Herald him. him. Okay, so this... this uh, this fine hunk of man, awesome man here in the in the studio, is a is a tall drink of water. He's very handsome. Uh, he, I would call him a VBC ministry jack of all trades. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. He uh, serves as a high school ministry leader, a quest ministry leader. He's a basketball coach in our league. He uh, helps oversee the prayer room. He helps with. Uh, facilities here at the Crossing Campus. Um, the list just goes on and on and on. He's a faithful brother, a fun guy, and his name is Larry Wagner. Everybody Ooh. go crazy for Larry Wagner. Hello, hello. It's great to have you, man. So excited to be here. This is long overdue. I feel like we've been trying to get you on the show for a long time. And I finally gave in. You did. You caved to the it's pressure. It's almost like you're busy or something. <laughs> Not too busy to be here today. Wow. Aww, I, I feel love so that. loved. Yeah, um, you're uh, you're you're kind of in the middle of a big project right now in, in Livermore with the VBC family. So yeah. hopefully they're not too mad with you taking time away. Give us a little uh, give us a little shout out to the the project you're doing over there in Livermore. Yeah, the the Greenaways, Luke and Elise. I was just over there this morning, and they do not have air conditioning because <sighs> of the remodel happening. So um, depending on when you're listening, just so you know, it's 96 degrees today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it was very warm yesterday and going to be very warm again today. So they are being creative and finding ways to be out of the house and in air conditioning. Wow. Today Man. their plan is to go to Chick-fil-A for a couple hours before coming to <laughs> middle amazing. school ministry. Isn't it amazing the things you, this reminds me of when Patty and I first got married, we lived in this hundred year old house in downtown Pleasanton. Didn't have central AC. We had like a wall unit, but it was not adequate. And so literally at night during the summer, what we'd have to do is we'd lay on top of the bed, you know, with no blankets on top of us because it was too hot. And I wasn't wearing very much clothes. And we would still, we, we would take <laughs> too much we would take towels and soak them in water and lay them on top of us. Oh, man. And then put a fan on to like hi, hyper cool the towels. This was necessary to survive. So I feel their pain when I took flavor. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so that's kind of like your day job a little bit. Like you're, you're a general contractor and you're, you're making things beautiful and building stuff up. Yeah. This is true. Yes. Kind of like Jesus. Was he a general contractor? I don't know. He's, he's carpenter. It's like is that similar or no? He did have many different ministries. That's true. Ooh, you're just you're you're just a Jesus disciple, dude. Oh, there's debates about that. Maybe he might be more of a stonemason. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. He worked with his hands. We'll get into that in a different episode. Yeah, exactly. It's great to anyway. It's great to have you, Larry, with us, and uh, we're excited about the, about the conversation we get to have. So, Sean, 
What are we doing? <clears throat> that was poorly timed. I was mid drink of water. I almost choked on it. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, we are beholding Jesus today. You know, we're, we're digging into his word and specifically how that transforms the way we're supposed to be living our lives every day as his followers, you know, and just if you're new around here and new to the, the Behold podcast or VBC, here's the thing. This is the reality of, of what life is meant to be with God. It's not a set of rules for us to live in, but we're just learning more and more about God's perfect plan and design for how we are to experience life to the fullest alongside him and pointing towards him. And so as part of that, we've been in this series called Resurrection Life which is looking at the book of Second Corinthians. And right now we're about to dive into chapter five of Second Corinthians. So before that, this last week, we have a review and use. This looks back at the chapters three and four, which you've covered so far. So we're excited about that, to dig into that and uh, yeah, just revisit some practical tools and applications from the series so far. And here at The Crossing, it was Mr. Jason Moog teaching, isn't that right? Yeah, he did an amazing job. I thought it was his best, like one of the best messages I've ever heard him give because it was so personal and so, uh, just applicable and practical. Um, it it was amazing. And so really kind of what he focused on in a lot of ways is, is second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16. And it's where, uh, the text says we do not lose heart basically, you know, because of all of these realities that, um, of this new covenant life that we have in Christ and because of the glory and the treasure that we have uh, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and because of, you know, this, these gospel realities and benefits, like we do not lose heart. And mm. so Jason just kind of really explained to us, um, and it, he was very vulnerable and practical and basically said, hey, when when suffering comes, when we're faced with trial, when we're faced with things that uh, don't go our way when we're faced with grief or loss or pain. We have a choice how we're going to respond. We can we can lose heart or we cannot lose heart, and that's what the encouragement from the text is: is saying, "Hey, if you're part of this new covenant life, you don't lose heart." He's like, "It's a reality. It's we do not lose heart," and that just spoke so um, clearly to me. Just in my own kind of frustrations and discouragements on Sunday, it's like this is the reality. We don't give in to that stuff. And so, so Jason really vulnerably and, and beautifully just shared, he's like, when that, when that pressure comes, when those trials come, he's like, there's two different Jasons. There's Jason A and Jason B. And Jason A tends to run away from this stuff, kind of uh, go inward, kind of um, shut down, feel sorry for himself, you know, and, and kind of wander through, you know, which I, I think we all can relate to, but he's like, there's this other Jason. There's this, there's this spirit filled, um, Jason that, that is abiding in Jesus that, that endures, that doesn't lose heart. And he said, there's a bunch of different things that that Jason does. And he says, I want to share a couple of those things with you today. Um, and so just as he was doing that, Larry, what, what was something that, that really stood out to you? Like what was, um, something that grabbed you from what he shared? Yeah, I think the Jason A was very ultra-focused on himself and how he was feeling and how what that meant for his current temporal physical life. Mm. And he said, I ask all the why questions. Like, why is this happening? Why now? Why and me? The, and, yeah. Yeah. And the when, like, when is it going to end? When can mm. I get through this? When can I basically get back to my life. Yeah. 
That no, absolutely. That that is like such a um, kind of a line of demarcation, right? It's like, are you are you if you're focused so much on self, you're you're probably not going to be. You're probably going to be losing heart, right, Sean? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I would if I were focusing on myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I'm, certainly don't go into the trial thinking. I'm going to lose heart. <laughs> exactly, know? exactly. I'm I'm going to be discouraged, but in doing those things you you fall down the hole of discouragement. Yeah. By focusing on those things and yourself and your suffering um instead of Jason B, who he said focuses more on on how can God see me through this and what does God want to do in me during this process? So that I can be better equipped after this to serve him or even during this mm, to bring him so glory. Good. That's so good. Yeah, he said, you know, it was funny too, like one of the things on the on on the, the Jason A thing, he, he talked about um uh I'm fine Christians. Do you remember? Remember <laughs> yes. he, he was like he's like, How many I'm fine Christians do 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 we have in our church where it's like you ask him, Hey, how's it going? And he's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh, okay, cool. Like, well, like, how's work going? Like, you doing good? Oh, it's fine. It's good. It's good. We're all good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, well, are you struggling? Like, any challenges? Or he's like, well, what's up? And then, or there's like the Eeyore Christians where everything's just like doom and gloom and why me and all this stuff. And, and I thought, I thought it was just really cool because it, it fits a biblical pattern um, of just sober, a sober understanding of yourself. Um, I think it's, uh, Romans 12 that, that talks about not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to, but, but having this sober judgment of yourself. Right. So we're not just like, we're not just fake and, and pretending like everything's okay. We're not, um, living in despair. We're just kind of like, Hey, we're in touch with reality (laughs) and we're real about, about what we're going through and we're clinging to the things that God has, has given to us. So I, I really liked that um, um, because we do go through troubles. We do. There are things that happen in life that don't go our way. And the Bible provides for us like a, a pattern to, to navigate that. And I thought that was really great. Yeah, I love that balance you're describing because like we talked about, I think last week or two weeks ago, discouragement is not a godly emotion. You know, that's not something that will come from the Lord. Yeah. Sorrow can be, you know, and grief can be, and of course, but discouragement is from the enemy. And so that shouldn't embody us, the Eeyore type things. But at the same time, you know, this kind of mentality of just disconnectedness and everything's fine. I'm not going to engage with the reality of people's lives. That's not godly either. You know, could you yeah. imagine if God treated us that way with that mm. kind of distance and, and a, a, ignoring our hardships and all that kind of stuff? So yeah, that balance is, is crucial. It's really important. Yeah. What do you guys think? Um, Cause I want to, I want us to get into the kind of the, the unpacking of those two examples that Jason gave us for Jason B <laughs> in a minute. But in verse 16, also, I was just thinking about um, just this idea of like, we outwardly were wasting away. Right. But inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. So that, so even though we're, we're, we're feeling just the, the, the tension and the heat and the pressure of like living in this world and all the, all the, 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 the evil and darkness and discouragement and frustration that comes with that, there's a plan that God has for us to, to be refreshed 
every day and to be made new every day. What is that? What's the connection between that and us not losing heart? What do you guys think? Yeah, well, I think that that section, verse 16 and 17 and 18, kind of gets into that of, you know, this is the reason. You know, our, our outer selves are wasting away, and we're going through hard stuff. We all, we talk about this all the time, but, like, we all acknowledge the world is a hard place for Christians to exist in, you know, mm-hmm. and by design, you know, because a, a lot of things that God's doing in that. But it is hard, and so we're wasting away. But then verse 17 explains, but but we acknowledge and we know, and God tells us that these tiny you know, they feel huge to us in the scheme of eternity. These tiny, short afflictions, the purpose of them is preparing us for this eternal weight of glory, you know, and, and beholding that process and seeing what God's doing in that and what he's preparing for us. That's the motivation for that hope you're mm. talking about. That's why we cannot lose heart because without that, I totally get it. Why would you not lose heart if if there wasn't this amazing work being done, this amazing purpose for your suffering, this promise of what's to come? But as we engage with that truth and that reality and, and behold God's glory and his faithfulness and, and what he's told us is coming, man, it just totally transforms our perspective in mm. suffering and transforms even the way that we respond to it. Like, what is my role in this suffering now? You know, is it to just survive and mm. get through it? Or is God telling me, man, there's work for you to be doing that is life-giving, fulfilling, satisfying type work as you suffer. So I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. What do you think, Larry? Yeah, I think uh, Jason A. was certainly focused on his physical renewal, you mm. know, and Jason B. was definitely focused on his spiritual renewal, that wow. God was using this situation um, for. And I think, too, I mean, in situations when I've been in those and been very sick, um, I have a tendency to put all my hope in the healing and mm. thinking that I'm not, I can't be used for God in the same ways and um, just waiting for that trial to pass wow. so that I can again be used for him or do the things that I feel like he has planned for mm. me. Missing out on, um, I think the renewal, the spiritual renewal comes at the point that you surrender to God and say, okay, what is in this? for your glory, um, yeah, in my renewal. What is in this for your glory as I surrender to you, as I, as I come to you for encouragement and hope and comfort and endurance? Yeah, well, and sometimes that's why God allows those physical suffering to, to enter into our lives because just like Paul is experienced with a thorn in his flesh, God sent this thing to him to to keep him from becoming conceited, right? Because he had been used by God in these miraculous, amazing, like just ways that would eternal ways. And he, um, God used that suffering physically to, to keep him grounded and to, to show him that his grace is sufficient and to say that, Hey, that my power, it's about my power and my glory being made perfect in you. And man, I think that I, I totally relate to that. It's like, okay, oh man, my back hurts or like, you know, and, and now I'm like, I can't do what God's called me to do. But, and, and then a lot of times we're just looking, where's the, where's the off ramp? Like what, how, what's the exit? How can I get out of this as soon as possible rather than, you know, kind of leaning into it and trusting God through it 
and looking for ways that God might be more glorified and his plans might be furthered through our suffering. It's easier said than done. And this is, this is so <laughs> profound, the discussion that you're having right now, because I think this is prevalent for a lot of people and it's almost dangerous because it, it, it can kind of turn into this thing where, you know, someone's sick and even seriously sick, they have cancer, they're dying, whatever it is, yeah. you know? And our immediate response, of course, because we love this person, is God heal this person, you know, and and we'll have these prayers where as I do sometimes, I'm like, God, I am convinced that this person can benefit your kingdom here, you know, give me more time mm-hmm. with them, all those things. But it, when we really dig into that and forget God's purpose in those things, it can kind of lead to this situation where because we're forgetting that he has purpose in the, the hardship, his purpose in death in our bodies, you know, being life to others it sets us up for this this false assumption of, oh, if they don't get healed, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, does God not love them? Did I not pray with enough faith? You know, which that's not true. God has made it clear. No, it could totally just be that in his ultimate amazing wisdom and sovereignty, his purpose for this person is death at work in them so that life can be in the people around them, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, that's an uncomfortable truth. But we have to remember that so that we can be, like you were saying earlier, really digging into and participating in, in the work that God has planned for us and some of those hard things. But it's hard, like you said, easier yeah. said than done. Yeah. And and also, I think it's hard too to, 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 to also say, hey, we're going we're gonna to pray in faith for healing and believe that God can do it and, and has done it and, and will do it again, but, but also understanding and trusting there could be something greater, you know, at work. And you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a tough, it's tough to be in there and keep the right perspective. And it's also kind of tough to, to balance like your prayer life and your perspective in that too. Right. You know, the word I always think about with that type of prayer or just mentality, it's open handedness, you know, I think think Jesus modeled that prayer well of just like, it's okay to pray and desire things and ask them from our father in heaven, you know, like, let this cup pass from me, Lord, if it's Mm. your will. But if it's your will and your will be done. And I think the same thing as we pray for healing. Absolutely. Lord, I know you have power over these things. Mm-hmm. Like for crying out loud, mountains melt like wax before your power. You're sovereign over all. We know this, but your will be done, Lord. And I think it's that, 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 that little piece of open handedness with that part of it really transforms the way we pray a lot, you know? Well, and this is a great, great segue, you know, this, this conversation of prayer, because those were the, the two practical things, Larry, that, that he, he gave us that Jason B does. They were centered and, and focused around prayer and particularly praying uh, scripturally based, grounded prayers and, um, and, and also praying doctrinally sound prayers. And so um, let, let's get into that because I, I think that's where the real rubber meets the road on this stuff, right? This is where we are invited to participate with God in him renewing us and sustaining us and keeping us going so that we don't lose heart. So, so let's get into it. So Larry, like what, what was, what was Jason's first, Jason B, his, his first thing that he does with the scripturally grounded prayers, explain that. And how did kind of Jason unpack that for us? Yeah, I think he was just asking us to pick verses that really spoke to us in our particular situation and in our suffering and just pray for through those words and those phrases that were in there. And, and he picked Romans 8, 28, which we're all very familiar with. Um, and he just went through there phrase by phrase of how, you know, we know, we're certain that God is using these things, all 
these things, hmm. you know, for our good, um, for those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus and are followers of him. He's always using these things for our good, whether we see it or not. Um, and so just picking a scripture that works for you in your situation and speaks for you and is going to bring the encouragement and comfort that you need. And I think the scripture is so great because it keeps you from getting too far off the path, you know, yeah, too far yeah. away from God's purposes and, and, and what he wants to show you in your suffering because it is so easy to get lost, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and you're, you're praying these things back to God, these things that are in his word. So, you know, they're in rhythm with his heart, you know, they're true, you know, they're meant for, for our refining and our edification and our, and our building up. So you're praying them back to God, but, but you're, you're, you're almost preaching them to yourself as you, as you do that. And you were talking about something on Thursday night at the gathering when you, uh, when you spoke about God's word and, and you, um, you, you explained this, this kind of way of meditating, you know, on, on scripture. Um, will you will you tell us what you did with that again? Because I thought, I think it really connects well to this in that what you were explaining on Thursday is, is almost like a, you know, I'm, I'm really just chewing on the, the word, um, so that I, I get all of its richness and all of, all of the insight and wisdom that I can get to me, I almost feel like this is like the next level of that. Then I'm, I'm praying that back to God. So explain what you did, because I think it, cause he went phrase by phrase and you almost went like word by word, break that down for us. That was cool. I think. Yeah. And I think maybe it depends on how long the scripture is or exactly how the verse is written. Right. But I did it with the latter part of Psalm 23, 6, um, that just says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And just sitting on um, the different words in that verse just for a minute yeah, and just kind of find some synonyms or phrases that explain that so you can just kind of meditate on it for just a minute. Yeah. You know, like... I, you know, Larry, me will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will. Like, this isn't something that's up for grabs. I can be certain about it, mm. that it is coming to pass. Um, it's a hope that is for sure. You know, I mm. will dwell in the house of the Lord mm. forever. And I will dwell. Like, that's going to be my home. Yeah. Forever in Lord's presence. And just... Yeah, one like, word yeah. at a time and just kind of thinking, what does that word actually mean? Instead of just reciting it really quick and saying, yeah, yeah that's a cool verse. Well, and it was so great too, because in doing something like that with, with the word of God, because I think a lot of times we just read something, especially of verses that are as familiar as Psalm 23 or as Romans 8, 28, where, where we just read it and we're like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it you know? But, but Jason was, was saying, hey, when you go phrase by phrase, you realize, hey, you know, God isn't telling us in this verse that all things are good. He's telling us that all things work for good. And, and it's God who makes those things work. The things are just things. They can be good. They can be bad. They can be fun. They can be discouraging, whatever. But, you know, anyway, I just think it's really good to like spend that time to, to break it down, whether we're meditating on it, whether we're praying it back to God. So, and, and so that our spirit can hear it as well. Um, I just think that's, that's really powerful. Where does that hit with you, Sean? Yeah. Well, just, we, we were talking a little bit earlier just about, 
um, you know, when we study scripture, it's not just a head thing, you know? Yeah. And especially now, I mean, it, even what we're talking about in second Corinthians, you know, we exist in the, the transformed reality of having this new covenant with God. You know, we have access to God, 24 seven, you know, mm-hmm. and people in the old Testament didn't have that. And we do is so we're so blessed and privileged that there's nothing off limits, you know, every desire, every hardship, every joy, every thought, there's no barriers. Yeah. We can come to God with anything at any time, any second. So in that way, like prayer for all of us who have trusted Jesus, it should be as automatic as breathing to us. You know, we should be in constant connection with our father in heaven. And so as we're reading scripture, that's what, that's what it is. We're not just reading this thing and, oh, now I know this truth about God and I can pray differently because of it. It's like, no, as we're, as we're engaging with God's word, we should be actively as we're doing so, God, what are you telling me about you right now? What are, what are you telling me about me right now? God, thank you that this is the reality that you're telling me right now. Thank you that you're giving me hope. So just kind of this more relational way of, of, of engaging with God's word, because it's almost like, you know, I think about a lot of this kind of relational stuff in the context of marriage a lot. Cause that's my, my primary example of relationship in my life, you know, and it would just be weird if Patty gave me this like list of her qualities, something like that. And I'm just like, Oh, that's so nice that she has red hair. You know, it's so nice <laughs> that she is you know, really artistic and it's separated from the person of who she is. Yeah. Or even, even on the, in, in the, the context of, of ability, like, Oh, it's so pleasant that Patty can can do music really well, you know. And unfortunately, we do that with God. We just do it. We get hyper focused on these. Oh, these are the specific lists of qualities God has. You know, these are the stories of His faithfulness back in the day. This is what God can do for me now. You know, and we get hyper focused on what God can do for me instead of who God is. You know, and again, it's, it's just sneaky how we can even be praying but missing that relational part of who yeah. God is with us. Yeah, kind of kind of disconnected. Yeah, I think um, we were talking earlier too, just about uh, Jason. Kind of gave us a little a little tease about something, you know, about about prayer in general. Larry, did you did you want to get into that at all? Like, what what was the question you had that you want? If if Jason were here now, what would you want to ask him? How do you look so good every time you teach? Dude, <laughs> the, lettu- the lettuce was flowing, dude. His hair is like just looking real nice with the beard and everything. Better than ever, yeah. Yeah, smooth. Um, yeah, he just mentioned more than once about how he thought there were good, sound reasons to do this stuff out loud. Hmm. Not just go through it in your head, but to speak it. And I would love for him to give us those reasons. Why he thought that would be the most beneficial way to go through this exercise. Hmm. Well, you're in luck, Larry. While I might not be Jason, I've heard him do a teaching on this uh, a couple of different times. And so I will do my best to kind of uh, pass that along to you and to all of our listeners. All right. I hope you took on good another notes. podcast. Tune in next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so. The, 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 there's this idea in scripture. Well, that's not an idea, but, um, there's this, there's these, as you know, we read an English word in our Bibles and oftentimes there, there aren't, uh, an English equivalent to the Greek term. So the Greek and a lot of those ancient languages, they just have a lot of words, a lot more words than, than what we have. And so sometimes it's really insightful if you look at, you know, what's the original term that's used and, um, when you look at, when you see the word word 
in the New Testament, um, many times it's translated or the, the term is, is logos, which really most of the time is talking about the inspired word of God. And Jesus is also referred to as the word um, in the New Testament, and that's that's logos. And then there's a second primary Greek word that also describes scripture, and it's, it's rhema. Have you guys heard this word before? So logos and rhema. And rhema, what's different about that is it's, it's, it refers to a word that is spoken and it's, it literally means like an utterance. And so, um, there's, there's a lot of different verses that I can give you as an example of, of rhema, right? So like in Romans 10, 17, uh, it talks about faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's rhema. So you think about like, there's something unique and special about God's word being said out loud, uh, because think about all of our stories. Like we came to put our faith in Christ because someone, we heard the gospel. We heard, we heard the word of God preached to us, right? Um, Ephesians 6, 17, that's, you know, when when we're talking about spiritual warfare, we take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word that's Rhema. And so a lot of times, um, you know, that's taught as, Hey, there's actually something that God has given us a weapon to fight with that is specifically the utterance of God's word. It's not enough to just say it in your mind or to think it or to meditate on it. God is actually saying, speak it out. Right. Um, interesting, uh, when, when he's talking about husband's role to love their wives in Ephesians five and talks about, um, how we are to sacrificially love our wives and, and, and love them as Christ loved the church. And that we're going to help sanctify and cleanse our wives by the washing of the word, the rhema. So there's something there in the marriage context of like, Hey, you got to speak these things out. You got to speak these things out. Um, and, and there's some, you know, other ones too, but I think that's good for now. So, so when I think about, I think what Jason was talking us through on Sunday is cause I'm, I'm a big like prayer journaler, love to journal and write down my prayers. Um, also, you know, I'm in a good habit and practice of just like short breath prayers throughout the day, you know, and, and I, I find a lot of connection and joy and power in, in those two arenas, but man, there is something powerful whether I'm in a corporate setting or in my prayer closet of just saying these things out loud. Um, clearly you can make a case from scripture that there is, there is power in the spoken word of God, the rhema that not only for that there's benefit to our fellow man, but there's actually things that happen in the spiritual realm. Uh, there, there's a, there's a, a warfare that is taking place when we speak out the word of God. And so when we look at what he gave us, you know, these different phrases, we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those, you know, when we pray those things out loud, again, whether we're on our own or we're with fellow believers, there's, there's power to it. I think you can make a strong case for that biblically. Yeah. I think we're commanded to do it. I think like two things I think of is, is, well, first of all, our primary example, Jesus, Jesus modeled it. He prayed out loud frequently, you know? And the second thing I just think about, and when we're commanded to praise the Lord, you know, and we've talked about this before, but there's different translations of that word praise, but the, the one that's most frequently translated in the like book of Psalms, for example, is halal. And it, it's, it's an audible thing. It's an outward thing. Yeah. 
means to, to boast of or make a show of that thing. So when we read through the Psalms and it's like, a, it's like, I think it's like 96 or 98 times. It's that word whole all in the book of Psalms. And it's saying over and over and over again, boast of the Lord's goodness, you know, make a show of his faithfulness to us audibly out loud, praise the Lord. Mm. And paired with those things and all these different Psalms, you see the, the effect of that, how that changes your heart towards the Lord. And, and then again, as we keep talking about, it's not just for us, right? As we're doing that, people around us should be able to see and witness God's character through those prayers. I love it. I love it. Uh, and Larry, take us to the second thing. What did he, what was the second thing that, that Jason B practices? Wait, I, oh, I, I, I got to back up. I'm just okay, saying this go. now. No, no, no. I mean, we're worship dudes. We got to talk about this. This is why we sing. Oh, come All on. these same effects are why we sing. Yeah. What are, what are our songs? If not just musical prayers together, you know, all these same effects, you know, the transformation of our own hearts, the encouraging of one another through our whole laws as one body, the the ability for people to see God's faithfulness and character through those things. That's all the reasons we sing together. So. Well, and, and don't you don't you think that those times of corporate singing or those those intimate uh, you know praise sessions that you have in your in your prayer closet, like do those things help you not lose heart? Right? Do those things like strengthen you? And do those times you know, give you the, the endurance that you need. Like, is that just me or is that, do you guys feel that too? It must right? be just you. Just oh, of course. Oh, of man. course. Yeah. So that's really good. Okay. Anything on that before we move on, Larry, or do you want to, do you want to jump, jump us to, uh, what is number two? Thing? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. All right. What does it say? Um, doctrinally sound prayers. This was more of like the big picture, more of the ideas that would be true and, any situation for anyone at any time. Hmm. Um, and I thought those were just really powerful to keep those in mind, um, whatever you might be going through personally. And there was four that he gave us. Can, can you list those for us? Yeah, it, it came from uh, an Andrew Murray quote, but he kind of summed them up in four quick points. And one was, I am here by God's appointment. And hmm. he used the word jurisdiction. Mm. Like God is allowing this for some reason in my life right now. And number two was I am in his keeping and care Hmm. in this situation. Number three, I am under his training. Like, and, and when I see that I'm reminded of, I think it's in first Timothy four. I could be wrong that that um, it says like physical training is of some use, mm. but spiritual training is of even more use for mm. this life and the life to come. That's so good. So he's training us for something to come in this, for something eternal, Yeah, really, in this situation. And the fourth uh-huh. one was, I am here for his purposes and determined time. Mm. So it will come to an end when it gives God the most glory, when he's trained us up in whatever he's training us up in, um, the, it will come to an end and we can trust that it will be his perfect timing. Wow. Man, it's so good. And it reminds me of, um, you know, the, the Thursday gathering series we're in, you know, of, of our purpose in life, basically. And I'm sure Jason's thinking about all these things too, as he's preparing this. But I was just reminded of when I was there last week or two weeks ago, the chunk that I was going through was just, man, we were created to, to all, every single one of us, we were created to become like Jesus. That's it. You know, to become the, the full image of God. And what does that look like? Well, it's, it's Jesus. And one of the things that stuck with me from that time teaching is just 
how God uses kind of three main things really to grow us for that purpose. It's he uses his word. He uses our brothers and sisters, his people, and he uses circumstances. You know, he uses hardships and joyous things, but he uses the circumstances to, to allow us to grow. Hmm. And sometimes we kind of run from those things. But anyways, inside of that, I love just kind of those reminders that we know it doesn't matter what the circumstance is, doesn't matter who the people around us are that are surrounding us. These are the things that are always going to be true. And it's amazing how helpful a little mental reset can be in the midst of those hard situations, you know, because really you guys, we've all experienced this, I think, where Satan gets in our head and just shifts our perspective a little bit and we kind of take it and run with it, you know, and we just kind of keep spiraling. But just that quick little reset can be so helpful to just snap out of it and be like, God, this is not who I am. What am I doing? You know? Yeah. And to, and to, again, make that a prayer. And I, I think first we have to catch it in the moment and realize, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm spiraling here. I'm off, I'm off centered here. And so just to, to come back to the father and just pray through some of these things, like, and I just want to ask you guys, like of those four, kind of right now in your, in your life, in your circumstances so of those four things, I'm here by God's appointment. I'm in his keeping and care. I'm under his training, training. Thank you. I'm here for his purposes and determined time of those four things. Like which one right now is most comforting to you? And, and, and even those, I want to, those who are listening at home, like think what, which of those four is like, based on your circumstance right now, do you find most comforting for me? It's the the number two. I mean, it's keeping and care just to, just to be reminded that as I'm going through difficulty that, that is appointed by God, he's not allowing this to happen in like a dispassionate, unconnected, like far off way. Like he's, he's right there with me, holding me through it. Um, his spirit is giving me strength as I abide in Jesus, um, he's producing good fruit. There's a connection and an intimacy that, that shows his, his heart for me and that he, he cares for me. So that I find that super, super comfort, comforting kind of in light of what I'm walking through right now. What, what about for you guys? Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the most comforting, but it's definitely the one that I think about the most is number four, which is we're here for, we're here for his purposes and his determined timing. You know, I think about that all the time, hmm. especially just as we're trying to, we're all trying to navigate, you know, Bay area life and cost of living here and all that kind of stuff. And I'm trying to figure out you know, how to balance my, my work life with my business and ministry and my family and all that kind of stuff. And it's just easy to get caught up in the, the, the thoughts of, man, what's going to happen 10 years from now? You know, how am I going to retire here 30 years from now and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just reminded that I am here where I am at this season and stage of life, you know, shepherding the things I'm, I'm shepherding and entrusted with the things I'm entrusted with for God's purposes and for his determined timing. You know, it's in his hands and I don't need to fret about those things. I just need to be faithful and prayerful throughout them mm-hmm. and just obedient to his leading and, and, and trust that kind of in conjunction with the other three things too, but just trust that, man, we're in his keeping and care. You know, he, he's faithful. He's training us as we're going through the season and he's determined the timing of all this stuff. I don't need to determine it on my own. He, he has determined it already. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's so interesting. There's three of us and we've all picked diff- three different ones out of the four. <laughs> um, they're all great, but I think I would probably pick number three, which is I'm under his training. Yeah. I don't know if so much for comfort, but for encouragement and, yeah. and for endurance, 
through yeah. that, knowing that he is training me for something, that mm. going through this valley at the end, there is something different. There's a mountain peak or there's a meadow or there's yeah. something different after this valley of darkness. And I'm going to be used in that and I'm going to be better equipped to be used in that because of this valley yeah. that I'm going through and this suffering that's happening. Well, that's so cool because too, because it's like, yeah, three different things. Like I was thinking comfort. You, Sean, you were thinking perspective. You're thinking encouragement. And I think that's actually very fitting. Like each one of these things I, th- I think kind of helps us along in, in a different way. Yeah, and I, I actually like your answer, uh, Larry, because it's probably actually the closest fit to Second Corinthians when we're looking at the the reality that we're we're being trained through this hardship, and you know that going back to that verse seventeen, chapter four is of these light afflictions are preparing us, you know, for eternal weight of glory, preparing us, and that 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 those the, the Greek word preparing us is the same as in. Philippians 2 that we talked about of as you work out our salvation, God is working in us. He's working in us for those two things of giving us a heart more like Jesus and the ability to carry out that heart. So I love that, the training aspect and it gives me hope too. It does, it does, it does comfort me and encourage me and all those things. Just knowing that, yeah, there's, it's like working out. I worked out this morning and I don't always love working out and it really sucked at times, but there's that, there's that knowledge of what's being done in that, that makes it bearable and even in a positive light. Well, yeah. And you, and you look so jacked right now. I mean, oh, you're just stop. like, you're just ripped and torn and cut. He's, he's wearing a, if anyone's a listening, this is like, absolutely not true. No, it's like a, it's like a skin tight tank top. Okay. It's like his muscles are just, it's hot outside rolling through oh. those things. Yeah. I'm going to agree with Dan on this one just cause it's awkward. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's so cool. You brought up that analogy. Cause I was thinking about that too. You know, working out is never fun. But we particularly have things that we don't want to work out because they're even less enjoyable. Mm. And when we don't work those things out, we're not well-rounded. You yeah. know, we're not totally fit. And I think that's where this suffering comes in. Mm. It works us out and it trains us and it makes us into people that we're not going to be unless we're worked out in that way. You know what? I go, I'm going to keep going on this. If you don't like working out, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep running with this analogy <laughs> because it, what I also like about that is that the, the process of working out and the results from that, it's not mystical. It's not unknown. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. If you want to look like that super cut statue, less calories, more exercise, you know, it's pretty tried and true. Not that, <laughs> not that we all want to do that, you know, not that I want to be that and the, the, the sacrifice is not worth it to me, but if someone said, Hey, your purpose in life, the reason you were created and the reason you exist is to become that, then we have our steps laid out. And so isn't it with us becoming more and more like Jesus It's simple is to, to go through life faithfully, prayerfully pointing towards God, knowing that in these circumstances, he's making us more and more like Jesus and preparing us for that way to glory. I love that, that well, process. Well, yeah. And it's so cool. Cause that, that passage that you mentioned that kind of got us on this analogy is, you know, Philippians chapter two, 12 and 13, that we're working out our salvation, mm-hmm. you know, with, with this, this, uh, fear and trembling, which, which is like, uh, you know, it's, it's an intentionality. It's, it's a, a serious, sober mentality. We're working these things out, but also what comes after that in verse 13 is as God is working in us. So we're working out as we're enduring 
the suffering. And as we're training to be like Jesus, we're, we're buying into God's program and we're, we're taking advantage of everything that he's put in front of us. We're trusting him. We're biting in him. We're staying in step with the spirit. We're working out. And while that's happening, God is working in us. And it says, what is he doing? He's, he's teaching us to will and to work for his good pleasure. And actually, I, I think that's what we're going to get into more as we get into chapter five is like, what is the purpose of our life? It's to please God. You know, what is the purpose of our existence is to, is to put a smile on God's face and to, to align ourselves with his mission and his plan and his kingdom, you know, advancing. And the way we do that is we work out while God works in. And again, that, that throws back to how do we not lose heart? Because God is doing an inner renewal in us day by day, even as we're wasting away. Preach yeah, and, it. And just like working <laughs> out, I mean, Sean, I'm assuming works out. Oh, he's huge. He's, he's swole. He's oh just ripped. Now, now we're like borderline deceitful <laughs> no, no, no. in this podcast because right now. He's seen the benefit either in himself from previous years that he's worked out. Yes. Or he's seen it in other people. Like, wow, yeah. I want to be like this guy because he works out all the time. Yeah. And I think in the same way, when when we're going through these sufferings and God is training us and working us out in this way, we can look back after we've gone through and say, this is how God made me stronger. This is what he changed in us. And I was just thinking of a handful from times that I have gone through stuff that I would rather not go through, mm. but I want the benefit of what God did in me. And so I guess if that was the only possible way that he could do it in me, yeah, then I'll be okay with it. Yeah. I'm, I want to share something on that. And, um, this might be the last thing I have to say after this. I'll, I'll rest my case after this. <laughs> but um, we we had a, a new friend come yesterday and and pray or and play uh, in our prayer room on the on the band and, and it was just cool. Like it was the first time I ever met him and we got to chat a little bit after and he was just talking about how his his you know he had he'd grown up in a certain um, religious tradition that. It, you know, a lot of times it's, um, it's seen as really kind of cult-like, you know, and when he became a teenager, he, he heard the gospel for the first time and God really grabbed a hold of his heart and he ended up basically telling his parents and his family, like, Hey, I'm walking away from this expression and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus. I don't know what it looks like necessarily, but, but I have to go after what, where God's calling me. And he was just sharing with me just how, um, how rejected and abandoned he felt from his family. And it was almost like, you know, someone leaving Islam or something like, there's just this, like, you're dead to us. We're, we're cut, you're cut off. Um, and, and it was just, he was just sharing like, Hey, you know, as, as I was a new, newlywed, like basically I just felt alone and abandoned by my, my family of origin. And, and it was just this tough, really painful time. Um, but he said, God did such a work in my life through that time. And, and he, he testified, man, things have gotten a lot better with my family. There's been a lot of healing and, and reconciliation on that end. But he's like, he was saying, you know, years later, he's like, in a lot of ways, I'm kind of longing for a trial like that again, Wow! because he, re he recognized how instrumental it was in 
God making him the person he is today and sharpening his faith and growing him into the, an image of, of, the, of Jesus, taking him from one degree of glory to the next. And man, it just was, it just was so striking. Like that someone would say that was one of the most difficult things I've ever gone through. The most pain I've ever experienced relationally. I felt alone and abandoned, but God met me in that place and did a great work. And he's like, in a weird way, not in a sadistic way, but in a weird way, I long for that, you know? And what's cool is there was a trust too, right? He's not like, so I'm longing for that. So now I'm going to go live reckless and like try to, try to invite like pain and, and, and suffering into my life. He, there was a trust. He's like, I'm just, um, whatever God has next. I I've seen the benefit of the training and I'm, I'm here for it. And it just was, it was profound. Wow. Uh, yeah. And you hear that a lot from people, similar types of things where they went through this horrible thing and yet God really used it. You know, Jason says that all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he talks back about that season where Autumn was in the hospital and they were yeah. really concerned. Yeah. He'll say, he's like, man, I just, my, my need for God felt so close and real, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, yeah, like I said, you hear that, um, a lot of people's stories and, at the same time, you, you see some people who they're walking the walk with the Lord and something horrible happens and it really shakes their faith, you know, and maybe they walk away from, from God and, and I'm still waiting for them to come back. Mm-hmm. And I can, there's several people in my life I can think about like that. And when I look at the contrast there, person A versus P, person B, maybe it's Jason A and B or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the difference when I look through what their lives looked like during the, the suffering was whether or not they digged in and and had this trusting uh, attitude towards God, whether or not they were really um, open-handed with knowing that God is working in their suffering. You know, mm-hmm. most frequently these people I'm thinking of, and man, it makes me so sad because I miss them and I love them. And I want the best for them. You know, they, they, they. Instead, they had this attitude that was like we said a little bit earlier of anger towards God for not healing this person or questioning whether or not they had enough faith or whatever. And it's really damaged them. And I think it's just, hmm. it's just sad because they, they miss, they miss the point of, of what God's intentions were and they miss his love and his care for them during that season, you know? Wow. So let that be a reminder of just, Hey, we all, no matter what we're going through, good or bad, you know, we, we should all be leaning on and entrusting ourselves to God, you know? And letting him do his work in us. It's good. I know I said I wasn't going to say anything else, but I, I don't know. Just, just as, I know. Just, just as we've been, can't we, help yourself. I know. I know. Just as we've been talking, I don't know. I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't mention, you know, what happened in Texas uh, with that elementary school, mm. and and maybe we can even just end the podcast like in prayer, you know, just because I think this is another evidence of just the the suffering and the the pain and the trial and the darkness that we see the evil that we see in the world and it'd be it's so easy to to look at a tragedy like that and just say god where are you you know or or to to just fall into despair or discouragement and and it's it's crazy just how how devastating and evil and tragic the whole thing is but do we do we believe god's word is it possible to not lose heart even in the face of such tragic circumstances, such tragic loss of life? And I don't know. I just, I think it's heavy on a lot of people's hearts 
And um, maybe we can just end our podcast in prayer. Yeah. And I'll just say on that, you know, as we're some of the things we talked about even today, I just want to encourage you and, and maybe charge you, you know, with this situation. If don't let, I should say, don't let the politics of what happened be your main thing. Mm. You know, if you are more concerned right now with either side of this, you know, R versus D. If you're more concerned <laughs> with gun control than the heartbreaking reality of 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 the sin that has happened, you know, mm. then you're missing it. You're missing what God intends for us as his ambassadors on this world. Are those things important? Of course. But let that be secondary to just your heart before God and your, your, your prayers asking for his help in this world. Yeah, we, sh- we should spend more time praying, less time talking. Amen. 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 Well, let's just go around and just, and just do, do each of us want to pray or? Yeah, yeah, I'll pray. I'll pray. I'll start. Okay. And, and beholders at home, join us, join your hearts with us in prayer, if you would. Father, we just come before you and we have grieved hearts and we are heartbroken about the, the tragedy that has occurred, Lord. God, we pray for um, just your, your, your comfort for those families who have been affected by this. God, we know that we cannot understand your ways and your purposes and why this could possibly be under your jurisdiction, Lord. And yet we know that that's true, that you are sovereign over all, that you reign over all, that nothing is beyond what you you have rule over. And so God, we pray that only in the way that you can do, would you use this heartbreak and this tragedy to instead of being used as a device against you and your people to turn hearts towards you, to see your your love and your compassion and your care towards us, God. God, we pray that 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 this would be ended, that there would be no further sins against people, God, but we know that we live in a broken world. And so just help us as your people and as your ambassadors to be faithful to what you've entrusted us with, Lord, to have an attitude that is seeking you, that is turning to you and entrusting ourselves to you, God. And again, in the way that only you and Holy Spirit, in the way that only you can do, I pray that for those believers in Texas who have been affected by this, that you would help them to not lose hope despite being heartbroken and grieving for many months to come. Father, we just entrust these things to you. Lord, we know who you are, who you've proven yourself to be over generation after generation after generation. And our hope is in the unchangingness of you and that you are love, and that you are good, and that in all these things you are working for good for those who love you, and that you desire everyone to come to a saving grace, to trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that you desire your name to be glorified above every name. We just pray that somehow, as only you can, that you would use this, this unthinkable tragedy to bring you glory, to bring souls into your eternal kingdom. Care for us as only you can, and, and may this bring people to you, and may this bring people together and not separate them. And may your family, the church, just shine so brightly and serve so unselfishly and be your hands and be your feet and be love and light that just cannot be denied. 
God, mm. as you use this to point people to you. Mm. Yes, God. And we, our hearts are just so heavy and we, we hear news like this and it just makes us long for your kingdom to come. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we just want you to come back and just make all things right to, to wipe every tear, to, to put an end to evil and injustice. And, um, God, we trust you that in your timing, you will work justice and righteousness for all the oppressed. And so we just, we pray God that you would just be, um, their comfort, um, everlasting father. We, we pray that you would hold close all who are grieving, all who are just broken and heavy about the senseless violence. Prince of peace. We just ask that you would bring about whatever conditions and circumstances are most advantageous in our country for to prevent things like this from happening again. We don't know what that would look like, God, but we just ask for your peace to reign in our country and in our schools with where our children are. They're so precious, God. And we just ask for peace. Emmanuel, God with us, would you just be our comfort? Would you hold us close as we're trying to make sense of all of this? Would you be our wonderful counselor? Would you give us insight and help us to change the way we think? Give us eternal perspective because we trust God that the government is resting on your shoulders. We trust that even nations and politics and parties and these big questions, God, it's, there's no authority that exists outside of your authority. And so we just, we fall upon your sovereignty. We fall upon your grace and your favor and we fall upon just your mercy. Would you just act according to your heart and according to your purposes in our country? And I just pray specifically for our church as we, um, live with these realities. God, would you just protect us? Would you protect our little ones um, in schools all throughout the Bay Area? Would you protect our church buildings, our campuses? God, would you keep us safe from harm and violence? And would you just teach us what we need to learn from this? Um, Give us wisdom and insight and words to navigate. We thank you, Lord, and we lay all these things at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, guys, thank you for joining us for this, this, this episode. We hope that this just continues for you, that you are praying constantly and turning to God with, with what happened in Texas, with everything going on in politics right now, what's going on in your own family life and work life. Just turn to the Lord and trust yourself to him and uh, let him do his work in you. Amen. Hey, don't forget, extol. Hey, Extol's extol. coming up. Yeah, come uh, next next Thursday, June 2nd, as the next extol. We're going to praise and worship the living God together. Looking forward to it. All right. Love you guys. Good Larry. Thanks for being with us, man. Yeah, thank you. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.